Hello, Tim. Hello, Ryan. And hello, listeners. That means you, listening. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 130 of Dismembering Horror. Let me say that again. Dismembering Horror. The podcast shoe. Where myself, Ryan McDuffie, and... Myself, Tim Aslan. That's right. We dismember a horror film. Every week we talk about what worked for us, what did not work for us, and anything else we, that is Tim and myself, and a guest when we have him, found interesting or noteworthy about a horror film. Isn't that right, Tim? Man, it's so right. <laughs> Great. <laughs> we, uh, we... We want to see the things we haven't seen. We want to revisit the things we haven't visited for a while. We'd love to take your recommendations for what to watch. And this is all under the spirit of, hey, we we watch a movie together. Let's then let's let's just we, we want to talk about it. It's especially fun with horror movies, you know. We want to and we want to have it be a safe space to uh, judge <laughs> freely, I guess. <laughs> Um, in the spirit as you would do with your friends uncensored not being held accountable to maybe a little bit to be recorded yeah 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 on the public for all time as Tim and I are doing with ourselves here maybe some baseline moral accountability (laughs) yeah of course there's always that (laughs) but as far as what I always will always beat myself over as as many times as we talk ourselves down from this hill it's for being someone who so accentuate the positive we have a whole section that's what did not work <laughs> and people human beings made these films yeah so um that's that's where i start out with my my disclaimer and not disclaimer but trying to get at what the spirit of this is yeah i was think you know i've said this before i'm sure but Filmmaking's hard. And like you could have all the best ideas and all the best in, intended like ways of executing that stuff. Or how about all the money in the world? It seems like Yeah. And and it can still just not work out. So yeah. it's like there is always that level of understanding that like, you know, whatever criticism we you know, levy, I think, at a thing or a film, there's like, is that the right way of putting it? That we levy? That works, yeah. Okay, sweet. (laughs) Felt so smart when I said it. (laughs) Um, You know, for all those things, it's like there's always that understanding that like sometimes you're just screwed and you you have to make do with the circumstances and and whatever came out of it is – your best attempt at salvaging a bad situation because that happens a lot in film yes but i would say the mark of a good filmmaker is making do under all and any constraints unexpected or, or otherwise yeah you know what it reminds me of a little bit 
and is when in the acting world, actually, this is true in perf- performance kind of across the board in my experience. So like even if you're like a musical performance or I mean like a musician or in a musical, whatever, there's like this rule. You never let the audience know that you screwed up. You know, and a lot of people do that thing where they're like, you know, they miss a note and then they kind of look at the audience like, uh, I'm I'm acknowledging that I screwed up to make it seem less like weird that I screwed up. And like, man, we we try often we like people who are, I don't know, helping other people work on their craft to be like, never, never let the audience know. Never let them know. It doesn't matter if they know. It's just like no one cares. Just keep going. Exactly. (laughs) And I think that really does apply to filmmaking. It's like sometimes the better result is the result where you're like, yeah, totally. That was my intention. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it almost – or if you're just really good at weaving in the mistake to the the bigger picture. I mean – Make it work. For for to keep the acting example going, aren't those just some of the best moments when a little bit of uh, improv happens to something spontaneous captured? I was Um, just watching that clip from um, the, I guess it would be the Two Towers um, special features, the Lord of the Rings Two Towers (laughs) special features. And it's Peter Jackson talking about the scene where Aragorn kicks the helmet in frustration because they think that Pippin and Merry are dead. And he had to kick the helmet repeatedly. They're like, you know, four or five takes or whatever. And it's it's a pain in the ass to keep kicking this helmet. But, he, you know, they're trying to get the shot so the helmet kind of lands near camera. And it's a long shot. And um, Viggo Mortensen, you know, he's being a trooper as usual. And he's he's done it three or four times and they think they have it but peter jackson is kind of like yeah i think we should do one more or can we do one more and Vigo's like yeah of course and they do it this final take and he kicks it and he like lets out this scream that was not scripted at all he falls to his knees he has this really like dramatic moment and the kick is a really good kick like the helmet goes kind of where it should and they're like wow that was unexpected and and awesome and whatever and like later in the day, I, I think probably a you know one of the producers comes by and he's like to Peter Jackson, he's like, "Hey, just want to let you know, Vigo broke his foot on that last take, and so he's going to need a little time." <laughs> but Vigo did it, and and didn't like you might expect an actor to or anybody they hurt themselves in a moment to be like, "Okay, hang on, stop, I just hurt myself," like you know, we have to pause. And Vigo being the kind of badass professional that he is, used the pain in reality to, uh, you know, affect his performance and stayed in the performance knowing that that's going to actually benefit the the film. And they ended up using that take. That's the take in the film. Of or him. how about better than not even because it was going to be used is because cut hasn't been called yet. Don't break that's the right, reality right. actors. Yeah, and exactly. One of my He's favorite in it. Ex- 
my one of my favorite examples of that is uh, there's a bunch is Leo DiCaprio in Django Unchained. Oh, He's literally yeah, bleeding yeah. on film and keeps going. <laughs> oh man! Uh, well, Tim, um, to wrap this up aside, because we have a whole movie to get to, I'll fall back on what our our guest Carly said, which was uh, criticism is a gift of attention, and then. Also, I think what you said to me on our Insidious the Last Key episode, which is like episode three, <laughs> oh I believe, God. of ours, uh, which was people are allowed not to like things, and that includes media. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, all right. Well, and to give credit to those filmmakers, despite you know working against the forces against us, the filmmaker behind today's film, the Taiwan. Taiwanese film Mon 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 Monsters from 2017 was written and directed by the one in the same Giddens Co. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's your catchphrase now. Boom. Just to say, hey, there. That's <laughs> it. Yeah, I'm used to saying more than one name for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll say boom or bam when it's one, a sole writer director. How about that? I love it. Great. So, Tim, uh, we will get into Mon 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 Monsters as we do. We got to watch three the trailer. Mons, right? Yes. Mon uh, it, Mon Mon Monsters. No, no, no. Three Mons that are separate from Monsters. Isn't that what I just did? Mon 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 Monsters. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So you ready for the trailer for Mon 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 Monsters? Man, I couldn't be more ready. All right, let's do it. Here we go from 2017 for Mon 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 Monsters. It's interesting. You, I noticed some uh, subtitle differences there mm. in that. So it does change things. My, like I love the line in it in the movie when he says, "Why are you always picking on me?" And he says, "For fun." And in yeah. this one, the response was pure pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> for fun is better yeah great okay tim for mon 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 monsters after the trailer we rate it so would you tell yourself to per our rating system if you were talking to yourself would you tell yourself to avoid mon 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 monsters stream it rent it or buy it i'd stream it Bam. It has just <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> it has just enough things that kind of either like irked me or that I just was like, ah, I don't that doesn't make sense to me. Um like it doesn't appeal to me, I guess, or from a logic point of view. 
um, just enough of those, even though it's got some really cool stuff in it. Um, but yeah, it's a stream. Great. This is one of those, as happens every so often, where I just feel like it's a perfect stream movie. You know yeah. what I yeah. mean? <laughs> um, yeah. It, like, I don't have a whole lot that didn't work for me, but uh, and so, so I guess I just say that to set up, even though I have a huge, when I have a huge list of like what worked for me, why wasn't it higher? Um, but I guess we'll get into all of that. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, Let's perfect. Hope. Yeah, perfect stream it movie. It was um you know, did just enough to exceed low expectations and make it interesting and not like just one of those total just bummer movies where you're just like, yeah. ugh, I guess stream it or whatever. <laughs> um yeah. but no regrets watching it. Um there you go. Cool. Double stream. Double solid stream. Wow. That sounds <laughs> Horrific. But it's not, because it's solid. Hey! What? That wasn't a, what? That, you said that like I was <laughs> making a joke or a pun. Hey! <laughs> Anyways, let's get out of here and go to over there to our summary. Oh, God. Okay. Um, Taiwanese high school. Gotta be honest, I don't think high school kids anywhere in the world act like this but i could be wrong i've never been to taiwan but it's a little over the top um they're real mean to each other yeah like really mean everyone is too it's a whole school filled of mean people brutal so there's a bunch of mean like every kid is mean and you (laughs) you have your your sort of target of the meanness to start off what's his name damn it lin oh yeah lin wait really yeah lin oh right, right, right yeah i kept getting confused as to the the him and the main bully anyway so okay you got you got lin um and the you know his class is is going after him they think he stole some money i guess class money whatever and his teacher is totally like on the side of the mean classmates, which is so annoying. And in spite of all of that, he sort of, would you say, accidentally befriends the bullies? He's kind of forced to in a weird way. Like He's they, forced to be with the bullies, but And then they like gets... kind of take him in in a weird way, yeah. uncomfortable way. And through that, they have to do some community service and they are... I'd say it's the other way around. Through community service with each other, they become <laughs> friends. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. So on their little community service jaunt, they are um, they're f- supposed to be feeding um, destitute people in a, in a, I don't know, a, a, it's mostly older people in sort of, it's not a home, but it's sort of a, I don't know, an apartment complex where some older people who need to be fed are. And there are two young girls who are monsters of, of some sort, unclear, kind of vampire-y, almost zombie-ish, but not quite, but definitely... They feed on humans. 
and our f- whatever that is four four boys and yeah four boys are causing trouble in there and like they decide to break back in to steal a chest that they found in one of the rooms and blah 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 and then they run into the two monsters and one of the monsters in the in the ensuing fracas gets actually hit by a car and then they and then by another horrible person who just uh, who drives just away. drives away yeah hit you hit a little girl in the middle of the street and then go yeah i'm gonna go no he goes um, i'm getting out of here yeah um <laughs> i just imagine him being real casual about it like oh ugh, like he like it's a nuisance to him he's like oh god another another homeless little girl fell into in the path of my car i better just turn around and leave uh so okay so here's the story the the boys realize that they need to take in the the injured uh monster monster. (laughs) because they don't want to get wrapped up with the cops and the cameras saw them like hit her over the head with a shovel and blah 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 right and so they do that and then so here's the story the story is they've kidnapped and chained up a monster in the like basement of the high school and they proceed to basically torture the monster which is really messed up and rude and the and lynn our our i guess lead character he's the only one who sees so he like sympathizes he tries to figure out where she maybe came from like how she became a monster and we get all that information and then the sister of the monster the other monster they realize that that sister monster is going to come looking for her so they set up a whole mousetrap plan to kill both of the monsters and it goes exceedingly well. Actually, no, it just completely backfires and everybody dies. The end. Great. All right. <laughs> Let's move on then <laughs> for our, our next section here. You ready? God, yes, Ryan. I mean, I was born ready. Are you ready? Yes, I think I heard a yes from our audience. All right, here we go. What worked? What worked? What worked for you? What worked for you? What worked for you? It worked like a charm, Smith. What worked for you? 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 What worked Mm. And uh, as tricky as it was in times, as far as the unexpectedness of having a story with just reprehensible people and no one to relate to. Oh, man. Because, yeah. like, even our, our quote unquote hero or lead, Lynn, quickly just becomes another, even though the bullies still bully him, he just becomes caught up in their bulliness and is abusing yeah. the elderly at the beginning and then goes on to. You know, we're open with spoilers here at the way end, killing the student body, <laughs> you know, yeah. along with himself. Um, yeah, it's but, weird. It's weird, right? Like everybody is super problematic at the very least. Like yeah. every character is so flawed and, and like awful. Well, like, yeah, because even you have that was just this is horrible and heart wrenching the scene where the teacher burns alive from oh you know, when she gets God. infected 
Michael, because the bullies infect her, first of all. They poison right. her. They kill her, essentially. And then she, so she's burning up from the sunlight, as the ghouls do, in front of the student body at a basketball game everyone's at. And just everyone's, like, laughing and giggling and taking out their phones. I think maybe our main guy is yelling, help her, help her. It's not Someone him is. yelling. It's, it's like a teacher who's yelling. Yeah. It. It's somebody we don't even know. It's but, so it's so fucked up. It's so messed. Yeah, and even then, though, then that teacher is like was is pretty reprehensible in she's her own awful. way. She's awful. Yeah, she's, man. It, it's such an interesting setup to have everybody suck. And so you can see how that I'll put under the guise of that is unexpected. Like when it starts, and you have those first classroom scenes where Lynn's being framed and like in the over the top way this movie is the whole class is just like abusing him and laughing at him and the teachers just kind of letting it happen so you think oh, okay this is a story just one of those stories about the the picked on underdog guy mm-hmm. a la babysitter or whatever who's you know right, right. coming into himself and enacting revenge and these are the bullies who are going to set up to die in horrific ways later but no it's about a main character becoming one of these horrible bullies right and nothing as far as like being singled out really happens to the bullies um you know i it, yes it, and no but it sort of strikes me that i mean this is maybe jumping jumping to a, a really broad thing but just this whole movie i think could be taken as sort of just an allegory for abuse and because everybody in the movie is abused or abusive and everybody has the sort of construct of they are the result or their their actions are the result of the abuse that they've um, uh, been – that that has been inflicted upon them. I mean this is probably our most – Go. This is we we talked about this a bunch of times as far as the most prevalent themes and things we've covered from Psycho to a bunch of other stuff yeah. we've covered. It's the cycle of abuse. Because like if you just take all of your characters really quick, right? Okay, so Lynn, he's the subject of abuse from all of the students around him, and and his teacher. Like basically everybody is like, you don't have a voice here. You suck. Uh, the main bully we learn had a, a super abusive dad and a and probably mom and a super problematic like upbringing. The other students, it's sort of vaguely just it seems like they all are just not – they're abused in the sort of neglectful way. Like nobody really listens to them. They're left to their own devices. There's no boundaries, no structure, no actual discipline, no like – no no caring for them. They're just – they're dogs off of a leash, right? Like they're just sort of whatever. Well, I'd say um, too in a greater sense kind of like what was the Korean movie we watched where there was kind of a similar location of like destitute apartment housing? Oh, God, um, yes. It wasn't hide and seek, was it? No, it was a different <sighs> one. Or wait, no, it was that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was that one, I think. Um. But just by the mere presence of destitution, that just fits into that theme of a world built on abuse of others. Yeah. And then, like, the teacher, 
she, you know, she's sort of an interesting version of abuse because she seems to be self-abusing with her her dogmatic view of religion, and that ignores by being so dogmatic about it, she ignores compassion for anybody else. Um, and the you know the homeless people or not homeless people, the elderly people, they're badly abused by their sort of the, the society's neglect of them. Um, and then specifically, which I thought was really interesting, is you open and kind of close the movie, not exactly, but pretty close, with um, a handicapped young man, I would say. he's. It's hard to say if he's high school age or maybe just a little bit older, who is being left by himself to tend a, like a store, like a convenience store, and he's being totally like – Abu- he's he's incapacitated mentally and he's being abused by I guess his caretaker or mom or whoever it is the person who runs the store and like I think all of these things are connected They're- and then even she sorry just to further your point she is like sick somehow we get that's right yes yeah, she's exactly. deeply sick she's physically sick in her own way so so there really is this this undercurrent theme going on that I think is pretty pretty interesting and it's just enough, I would say, to support the fact that we don't have anybody who is like a good person. Well, and it's kind of funny because, I mean, to play into that theme in a fun, you know, unpredictable way too, we sympathize most with the literal monsters. It's one right? of those stories exactly. because yes. they're the ones who we see getting the physical abuse kind of the you know the worst and oh my god yeah (laughs) and then we you know we learn their origins they're actual people so that that doesn't hurt uh yeah i think i like this a lot i like that the metaphor essentially is when you neglect people and you just sort of it's like it's victim blaming in a way right like these two little girls were the victims of some – I mean it's a weird convoluted explanation as to how they became monsters. But nonetheless, society basically shunned them for being be, – becoming monsters it was through that something. It's their, a voodoo thing. And, their parents abused them or left them out to dry somehow. Right. So the sisters did some ritual that they thought was going to save them but – ended up turning them into ghouls. There you go. And so society said, peace out, screw you, you're just a monster now. And then that just cycle and or that that way of looking at the world just is it's imbued in everything throughout the movie. And you and you get some really cool moments which I was I was happy about because man the the main bully is the worst. Like he's just awful and there are scenes where I was just like, dude, I don't want to see you like be awful anymore. I'm over it. Yeah. Um, but we get these moments where he – you see him actually have feelings. Like it's that kind of old trope of you know, the, the hard exterior shell cracks a little bit when something he cares about gets taken away. You know, his girlfriend or the girl he likes – uh, dies at the hand of the monster. And, you know, so there is there is some really, really well-constructed story elements and, like, thematic elements throughout. It's I think there's a cultural gap, but by and large, I was pretty 
psyched about th- the construct. The only cultural gap I got was like, man, they really like their fart jokes in a way. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the fart jokes and the extreme nature of some of the like reactions to things. I was like, I, I was like, is this? Right, like is when this realistic he, depiction he holds of that like, world? He holds like up a uh, when they all hold up like when the the monsters first in the room and like one of them's holding up a trumpet and one of them's holding up a pom yeah. pom and you're just kind of like yes, exactly. You know they the, the filmmakers just think this is the greatest thing and I'm just kind of like that's like, right. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> not that I don't like silly things, but it did seem like a specifically non-american sense of humor exactly yes so yeah but man you know it's 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 got some good some good foundational groundwork was laid for this story well another foundational thing i liked for this story was you have the um, well what kind of horror monster movie is this and there is kind of a subgenre with i say this falls into it's doing two subgenres in a way, yeah, and that's that, and that's this is still coming off of you know where uh, where as I was saying you know this the other thing we just talked about and this were like the unexpected directions that really worked for me, mm-hmm. where you know you see the poster and hear about it and you th- think okay it's just some like monster loose in a school right, you know right. school kids versus them kind of thing, and I'm like great I'm on board for that, but then what we get sort of a setup is. Um, or we get, it does end up doing that. So I get that it's scratched mm-hmm. and I love it. And it's so much fun. And those are some of the best scenes of just when the monster is actually loose and fighting them. It's great. But then we also get this like, kind of like what the movie, uh, is it called The Woman? Or And there's also one where it's like, what where they find like the zombie, the kids find like the zombie girl and start raping it. And like, oh. just that, that's a whole thing of like captured monster yeah. that was once a human. Anyway, you that that's where I what I wasn't expecting from this, and it was it was cool that it did that too, and I enjoyed that aspect of it, and I I thought it was cool how it did the best of both worlds of those kind of um, monster horror stories, the trapped monster and the monster on the loose. Right, right, yeah. I think it 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 bridges those two things pretty effectively, for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I, you know, I was. Hmm. Is this a what worked? Yeah, I, I th- um, uh, well, I'm trying to remember what was that movie we watched. I'm oh, what the hell was it called? It, it, it was also an, uh, you know, um, Asian high school. Damn, I'm looking now to see if I it pops out. It, it Death Bell. Death Bell. Oh, Death Bell. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I can't even. Death Bell is so forgettable to me. I mean, yeah. God, we both said avoid on it. <laughs> I don't even remember who who the bad guy or what the threat in Death Bell was. It was someone like it was kind of like a saw. Oh, there was a, thing. That's right. There was sort of a murderer. Yeah, and it was like someone who worked for the school or whatever, or was a parent yeah. of one of the students. That's right. And there's a ghost and sort of a ghost. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so that's right. That this made me think of that, the vibe of that, but this actually has a I think a better story. But it has a similar tone to it. Are you- um uh what was I getting at? The There's sort of 
it feels a little bit like two movies to me. And I and I think I prefer the second movie, which is – I do. I don't think I do. I know I do, which is what you're talking about. The monster loose in the school movie that is in this, I really, really like. I love a how are we going to catch the monster like mousetrap plan that you know is going to go awry. Like I love that stuff. Was it a, you know, how they executed it? Was it as successful as I thought it could be? Maybe not, but that's a later conversation. But, but the, that stuff, I mean, it's like the, it's not quite the whole second half of the movie, but it's certainly the last third of the movie and probably more. Um, but I love that stuff. I love a plan. I love a, I love a schematic where you show the plan in yeah, like they had a childlike drawings. <laughs> I love that stuff. I love that it's like they've got a little you you're here and you got to signal to this and you got to run and get the door closed and you got to like crank the thing and you got to you know light the thing on fire and drop it down a shaft. Like I love all of that stuff. It's so fun. Yeah, and just while I'm on um you know the thought trains on uh Relating to Alien Three, yes! <laughs> which is which is a great example of that. Oh. Uh, the, just real quick, the POV shots of the ghoul going on the walls and the ceilings were really well done and effective and fun. Totally, just like you all know, of out the, of Alien all 3. of the monster movements are super cool. Yeah, I was gonna say just effects wise, there's when it's sort of first when they first get it into the school basement where they keep it her it uh there's some of that like twitchy movement stuff but not not in like the total the total j horror way but just in this like where there's i i don't know it, it looked cool how they did it like when she's climbing on the walls and yeah. stuff it wasn't like a forced obvious jerkiness but there was just something about how it moved where you where in one hand you're going this is clearly an effect but the other time it totally it gets at that unnerving, this could be mm-hmm. real quality. I think if I had to guess how they did a lot of that, it felt to me like it's a lot of wire work. Like yeah. a lot of, uh, as opposed to doing a sort of a CG, you know, body double type thing. But to something about the frame rate, or I don't know how yeah, they did I did it. Yeah, I agree, I agree. There's this almost shutter speed thing going on that's cool. Yeah. It's very unnerving, you're right. And then just because this last small thing effects wise, though I wasn't crazy about the flames, how those looked weren't great when they were actually like the skin burning and you saw the sort of translucidness or whatever you call it, where you could kind of see under Mm -hmm. their skin when it's starting to glow and you see their veins. All that was really well done. I agree. And I think the just the actual monster makeup itself is really good. Like there's some amazing texture in like – because I kind of took away that, you know, they're, they're semi-vampire-ish, right? They burn up if they're in the sunlight and – but they don't just die immediately. And they have their skin as they – maybe it's as as they – get a uh, longer away from having fed. I don't know if that was a conceit, but one way or the other, their skin has this sort of burnt, crispy, you know, uh, flaky texture to it. Sometimes it's like almost um, 
tar-ish, like dried tar. It looks so good. I mean, the just the detail in it and like it's grimy and it's 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 borderline just you know, unfortunately, what happens if you're out in the elements for too long, right? Like if, you know, like I've, you've seen homeless people who just, it's just layer upon layer of, of dirt on their skin. And it creates this very unpleasant effect visually. Um, and was I'm it sure good, physically too for them, but it was a good visual visualization too, or representation of what they set up. This is not a zombie. This is not a ghost. This is not a vampire. It's an undead ghoul in a yeah. way that it, that they captured that like whatever that means to you. They did that well, you know, of making it so it wasn't these other things, but this kind of other specific thing. It was cool. Yeah, and I think it wraps kind of back around to the – I feel like there's sort of a socioeconomic term for this but or, or a, I don't know. Like the the unseen people or the people we don't want to see. I feel like there's a, there's a term that, that is around now for this. But, um, you know, culturally, lots of our different cultures, but like – Contemporary cultures, I think, have this ongoing problem of trying to turn a blind eye to destitute people. And this has that feel to it, right? Like as the Lynn character feeds and kind of takes care of the the younger monster, she starts to look healthier. She starts to look more like a human. And, you know – the overall sort of message being it's like kind of all these two people need. They're not monsters for starters. They're the products of – like their monstrousness is the product of of something bigger. But they themselves just need a little like care and compassion and <laughs> they could turn back into you know healthy human beings. Like that, it does. That's never set up that they could turn back to humans. No, I, I, I'm not saying that it's set up. I'm saying that it's sort of, Im, it's impl, it's an implicit sort of. If you well, took it to the furthest end, there's sort of an implicit thematic aspect of it's that. Shown like it's shown that they message. have as much. It's shown that they have as much sympathy. They're capable of sympathy in a way that is yeah. sort of our marker for if someone's human or not, that the way that the zombie ghoul sisters care for each other, they deeply care. That's set up from the beginning. I loved when they're like, when the, they like tuck each other into their boxes, (laughs) they're sleeping in. And that's right. And that's so smart because it helps us later when they're being tortured, sympathize with them. I mean, what also helps is having her, just horrible like horrific to listen to this little girl cry and be in pain all the time i mean it's like just the the utter uh, like horribleness of these kids to continue on when who cares if it's a monster it's it's i mean it's literally crying and whimpering and like screaming all the time because you're doing awful things like you have no ability to recognize are you that big of a psychopath that you're just like taking joy in that 
pain infliction. Like, I mean, that's easy to buy into as far as what we do to not just each other, but let alone animals. That's yeah. That's sort of my point is that that really is the. I think that's kind of the strongest horror moments in this whole movie. Like it made me sick to my stomach because I was just like. It's ho- It's just too much. Like, and even I don't mean when in a bad way. I'm saying in an effective yeah, way. Like in the way when they're because they go from torturing her in a way that it's like, yeah, look at this. We can use sunlight to torture her to just kind of like, oh, I'm just casually torturing her. Yeah. I'm just kind of bored with this now. It's awful. Yeah, it, it really is pointing at the most, just the most dark elements of of what humans have to offer. <laughs> you know, like left left unchecked, we are just horrible, horrible beings. Well, and all we have to check ourselves is ourselves. Exactly. It's so it's yeah, man. Which actually that's that could uh bring us to something both big and small, something that really affects whether a movie like this works or not but is so simple to address is um i I forget when you mentioned but you mentioned it before where it's like you just have to have them if they're doing something horrible or like whatever it is they're doing it's so helpful to hear them mention or consider the alternative at least Mm. so so what i mean by that is like the importance of when they they're they're abusing the elderly at the beginning and one of them goes in, in some so many words says, should we be doing this? Is this okay? And then, you know, yeah, of course, whatever, whatever. But just that little moment just makes us able to buy in to the yeah. whole movie then. And there's, there's some movies we've watched where you're, as you know, you said, Tim, it's like all they had to do was just have a moment like that. And I would have been in. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's the conscience of the movie. Like the, the characters need to have it, but the movie does too. <laughs> you know, like yeah, 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 exactly. Like the movie has to be aware that we are viewing this <laughs> as people, <laughs> so right. we have to <laughs> acknowledge it somehow. Because otherwise, uh, your suggestion as a, as the filmmaker is that not only are the characters in your movie just reprehensible and psychopaths, but so are you, the filmmaker, and so is the audience. And that's yeah, in never a way, where the you case. Just, where well, you maybe it is, but just don't even. Isn't. Where you don't even care or consider those sorts of things. Yeah. Right, right. Like, uh, oh God, like the girl next door sort of suffered from this where it's like, I don't think they're in touch at all with what their audience like thinks. <laughs> On many levels. Yeah. Uh, I did. Do- I was scared. I will say I, when they got the gir- the monster down there and it became clear that this was going to sort of be a captive torture-y sort of movie i i became very nervous that we were just gonna go into girl next door territory (laughs) again i was like oh no oh no there's another example of what i was trying to think of in that sub sub genre um just while just made me think of it mentioning uh you know when they question abusing the elderly i thought that was one of the 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 good fun stylistic scenes where it was like it's horrible watching what they're doing to these people but like the 
they make a fun stylized scene yeah. out of it where it's like a filmic extension of their horrible impulses where yeah. there's like it's a fun montage where they're like <laughs> pushing them using, around in chairs and yeah they're spinning them in chairs they're like holding the spoons of food up to their mouths and taking them away they're like holding them up two of them you know are like yeah they're doing using, like a chicken fight what is isn't that what it's called a chicken fight when you have somebody the, on your shoulders yeah yeah that's what the wikipedia called it we're just doing the horrible thing but it's all done in the style where it's like we're plugging we're filmically plugging into their revelry so it's like oh god they're horrible and i hate this but yet they're still making a fun scene out of it right yeah i mean it's 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 a funny trick actually in a way it's it's almost the filmmakers testing the audience yeah it's like where's the line of you are you going to catch yourself enjoying this? <laughs> yeah. You know, like it's a, I think it's an interesting thing to do. It's, is to te- it, like in any realm to test the audience to be like, I'm going to say a, something really reprehensible. Are you going to laugh at that joke? Mm-hmm. You know, like, are you, is it okay to laugh? Like it's, it's smart to force the audience to kind of check in with themselves and be like, yeah. wait a minute. Should I like this or shouldn't I like that? That's smart. That's, I mean, that's almost exact. It's an extension of exactly what you're saying. It's the filmmakers having a conscience, the movie having a conscience, and forcing the audience to look at their conscience in that moment. That's mm-hmm. smart because that helps us as we carry on to stay in touch with that just enough to be like, man, this is messed up. And that's yep. where you want you want your audience to be in that headspace of like this is messed up. That's why it's a horror film. Yeah, just uh, another scene that comes to mind that I liked was uh, the ending, how that played out. Where at first I was still kind of you know it was like it was hard to get on board with the main character and how he ended up being a horrible person too. <laughs> yeah. Like at first I didn't really like how um, he doesn't let in what's the the name of the main bully ren how tuan ren how the main main bully when lin refuses to let him in and says no i'd rather have you die by the hands of the ghoul because you know in their when they're when they're fighting them at the end um i'm like i don't know if i'm buying him doing that but then when it got to the ending that that did end up working once we got to the ending because it worked as a transition point to setting up how lin our main guy could poison ghoul eyes voodoo eyes the entire student right. body by pu- uh, putting the the blood the ghoul blood in the soup um and it was also fun how it he you know he drank it himself yeah so he's just sort of like i hate it's not just directed at other people it's sort of just the like i hate the world kind of angle um and then it was a satisfying the the, the just the fun way too of like <laughs> the idea of the entire student body is going up in flames right now. You know? Right, right. It's just like it was, it was. It was going out on a on both a high note and a big note. Yeah, I mean, look, this movie is pretty explicitly saying who's the actual monster, and then they do it in a more zoomed in way by showing us this character who we're supposed to kind of think is the compassionate like touchstone he's the he's us right theoretically and they're the filmmakers are like no no he's not like 
he's a monster too. Actually, he's the monster of the movie. He doesn't have the fortitude to to stand up to the the other monsters, not the not the kidnapped monster, but the the other kids. He doesn't have the fortitude to stand up to them and rebuke their horribleness. He just becomes them. And then it's fun. I think it's smart to have him take it himself because it's like, again, he ends up having a conscious too, but he accepts that he's a monster as well. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's pretty that's pretty deep stuff and it's smart. Yeah, it was just a nice touch when he's walking away that he catches on fire too. It's like we've talked yeah. about like the ending of Bone Tomahawk where it's like they give you that little something to chew on that just yeah. has some some thematic meaning built into the character decisions. I think we'd be pissed if he just walked away. Exactly. I think we would. I think we'd be like, well, well then what, what was that well, all it's, for? It's anyway? like we can be pissed that he's killing everyone, but then it's it's just, I don't know, like any great ending I think kind of – you know, walks a, a middle a middle ground and a lot. You know, of depending on the movie, what it is, but yeah, I've but there's a, a there's a satisfaction in in it. You know, it it feels appropriate and almost it's cathartic in a way because it's like God, we went through this horrible thing. Everybody's awful. Let's just burn it all to the ground. Or where it can be eliciting conflicting emotions, totally, yeah. and is cathartic in that sense. That's that's how yeah. to put it. Uh, just real quick, I liked that there was a voodoo angle to it. That was fun. Sure. Exactly. Exactly. It's so like, thin. It's sure. like barely even there. Well, it's not but that sure, we need, it's cool. But yeah, it, but it makes it what it is. And you just kind of yeah. go, oh, cool, voodoo stuff. All right. Neat. <laughs> right, right. And it was just, a, just having that one interneting scene where he's researching, you know, who the, the, the disappearance mm-hmm. of who the girls were. It was, just didn't need any more of that. It was perfect just like that. I just want to push back because I'm tired of voodoo shaming. It's gotten a bad name. It's not evil. Voodoo is such is a beautiful, beautiful way of looking at the world. Movie voodoo. Oh, right. Movie voodoo. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> um, I liked uh, – you mentioned the, the mother with the – the son at the beginning running that yeah. depressing little store filled with plastic junk. Uh, <laughs> the, the, uh, yeah, I like the, them. And as far as weird little side characters go, the war veteran who yeah. uh, has dementia and like at, he like sort of an off screen scene we get with him where he puts on his war outfit and has his sword and he is presumably fights off one of the ghouls. Yeah. Um, just another, just, just quirky, weird side characters i like I like how they populated the world with a few of these guys I, I i agree i think the world building in this is pretty cool and maybe it's just because it's it's a, another part of the world that i've never been to and unfamiliar with but like the visual construction and framing of this world in in particular the palette um it's really quite beautiful especially like when you consider that it's a fairly desolate like what we're actually seeing is pretty – it's almost – what's that that uh, term? It's brutalist architecture almost and sort of very cinder blocky, hard angles, um, you know, hard colors. Everything's got a bit of crack to it and yet it's very, very visually, visually pleasing. Like the framing, it, I kept just being like, 
ooh, that's a nice shot. Ooh, that's a nice angle. Ooh, that's a pretty shot. Ooh, that's like a like lit beautifully. Like I, I the the who the people making this are very good. Like very very good. At yeah, that it's stuff. it's funny how like whenever you turn on a movie and especially if it's God, I mean, so many examples now where there's this this line where if it's the how it's shot is not up to a certain snuff. I just, I'm like, uh, this is low budget in a bad way. I'm yeah. not buying into the reality of it. And it was cool. This was for fully on the other side of the line where I was. And I, it, from second one. Yeah. You know, like I was like, ooh, okay. All right. Cool. Here we go. Yeah. I was fun um, opening the movie with the, those side characters I just mentioned. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, what I else thought, you got? I thought that it was, um, it's a, it's a tricky thing to do where you have, I what are some movies like this where, you have a captured monster or whatever, and you're kind of making light at them or with them. So it's like in this, you have those scenes where they're they're putting paint on them and the ghoul, where they're like, you know, mm. they have like basically like a little rave party around her, the captured ghoul. Yeah. They put her head in a bird cage, put stuff on her mouth. God, it can be really tricky to have those scenes and have the ghoul and the ghoul's sister, the ghouls at large, retain. Uh, that they're still a threat, mm, you know? Mm-hmm, sure. So I thought that was a, it was cool how they managed to not cross that line where they're kind of could go full into kind of goofy comedy territory. Right. Which it was weird. They like did it, but it somehow didn't cross that line. Like, um, so then when, you know, the deaths happened more in the second half, you were still like, oh man, oh yeah. You right. weren't, it just wasn't <laughs> totally in silly uh, territory. Despite it is an interesting. It, it's a fine line too, and you know, I, I think that there's just a sensibility that is on display here of of walking that line, you know, or or balancing that line. I think the scene that sticks out that that just manages to do it that could have gone over the line and it been dumb and doesn't like manages not to is the. Um, the I did it my way musical sequence where the the sister ghoul who's loose is really just tearing it up. She's like making her way through the town and she finally finds the school bus that like most of the not most but a bunch of the classmates are on including the girl that the bully likes. And that whole sequence having the my way song going on in that particular version of it. I was like, oh, this is going to get dorky and cheesy. And it just manages not to. In fact, it, I felt like it went the other direction and was like quite strong. Tim, I thought it was incredibly strong. I was kind of saving this best for last. I oh, thought yeah. I wanted the to last mention thing that. I have. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, that scene, the bus scene, I thought was incredible on so many levels. I thought it was the sole great yeah. standout scene of the film that makes it from this film from a mere stream to a, a hardy stream it's it was just working on so many levels i thought i mean yeah the my way cover set the perfect tone to it uh that you know that ironic use of music it's like it's it's always something i love when it works but again it's a, can be a fine line of <laughs> yeah. uh if it sort of feels cheap or not but 
just that from a horror gore perspective, you have like the buckets of blood and like what <laughs> a good touch because when it's like, you know, using all the uses of the bus where it's like the blood splattering on the windows yeah. and seeing it, the bus parked in the middle of the street. I love seeing that shot. The but um when they the door opens towards the end and it's just like river the blood's rivering <laughs> out of the bus so just you know that sense the the fact that it's like a full massacre of like the school bus full of kids so it's just brutal in that sense but is like satisfying in a weird way of like yeah you know putting the bowl in the china shop and just letting it loose and that it has that clear uh line that yep. physical line of going down this thin bus and the students can't get past it <laughs> you know it's just that that's so up the location um i mean having have, the girl who ends up being the last one the one that we know that was, that was literally what I was going to say. Quietly having, sitting there. Oh having Yeah, God. having a main girl as the focal point where it allows us that literal focal point of being able to see like from her perspective mm-hmm. the ghoul coming down the rows, but then also just as a little bit of trajectory to it of like working – uh, the ghoul working its way down the bus to get to her. And it, we know it's going to see the teeth from her sister. So it's going <laughs> to especially have a field day on her. Um, yeah, she's, you know, one of our main characters too, if you want to call her that. So it's great. And then on top of all that too, still going with what made the scene so great. I, I love it when you have, it's it's kind of like that trope we've talked about introduced in Wrong Turn and, <laughs> 2003. Ah, uh, yes. With the, where it's like the policeman death, where <laughs> right. you think we're we were before then we are sort of a it's now a trope, but at a time you know we're accustomed to pleasant presence of police means a certain sense of safety. Mm-hmm. So, so a lot of times like being located in a city or being you know is as a version of that too. So I love things that bend with that rule where it's like um, house that Jack built did this in a great way too, where he can just be like flagrantly killing people and chopping off limbs or whatever. And no, people just ignore screams and walks by the police officer holding a body part, doesn't even notice or care, you know, kind (laughs) of thing. Um, So yeah, yeah, to working with that where it's like you have a school bus parked in the middle of a street in a city and it's like, feels like it should be sacred safe grounds, but nope, not at all. Because unless there's a whole army of police officers or whatever, you know, sitting right by, the monster is going to have no problem killing them all off and it doesn't. It's so good too that that shot, top down shot of the intersection where people are just, they're just kind of going about their business, making their way around this bus that stopped in the middle of the intersection. Nobody's yeah. getting out of their car and going, is everybody okay in there? Mm-hmm. They're just like, ugh, this bus is in the way. Can you just go around, go around, go around? <laughs> <laughs> well, since this was the last big, uh, my biggest thing that worked that I was leading up to, I had the the one smaller thing, uh, mm. and then I and then I'm all set for what worked for me, and that is the biggest laugh of the film for me, which Ooh. was <laughs> it's set up and it's just kind of you get used to whatever where the other bullies are calling Lynn, uh, they they just call him Boobies Lover from the <laughs> beginning, and then that's his nickname throughout. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so you just it's just like so stupid and you get used to it but then it, it all paid off at the way end when it's like after one of the bullies is killed by the ghoul and like 
our main bully, you know, Tuan Ren Hao is like, you know, it's getting to him, the death of his friend, the stakes are high, people are dying. And then still in a moment of like urgency, he calls him booby lover still. Like that's his <laughs> name. <laughs> it's like despite all that, that's just his name at this point said just as seriously. And that that cracked me up. That was yeah. really funny. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's not horrible. That's the thing. I, it's just well. I guess we should talk about what didn't work and what what kept us from being a rent. You ready for that? Then I'm ready. All right, here we go. What did not work? It's not ready yet. Seems to work okay. No, something important's missing. What did not work? <laughs> Like I feel like it it should it should be a rent and it's not. I know why, at least for myself, Tim. Okay, I want to hear there's, it. <laughs> there's two things. The smaller thing that's just specific to this movie, that's like you know, the, the concrete could have been better thing. The main bully felt like the only one with just that little bit of a defined backstory right. of, you know, yeah. abused by parents. So just like the other bullies are just kind of I didn't know who was who, kind of forgettable. Yeah. The, the girl, like, she was given, like, oh, she's kind of c- cool and has headphones or whatever. Like, <laughs> right. you know, wasn't given anything beyond that. Our main guy, Lynn, he was given, yeah, he's sort of the main bullied kid, but didn't really have a sense of his. I, I don't know. We needed to be given that little, little something for each of them would have been helpful and didn't do that. Need no say more on that for me. Yeah, you know, it was a little blobby to me. And what I mean is, like, the blob, Steve McQueen, you know, we 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 get who he is because of who he is. And But there's this sort of weirdness in the blob that we talked about of, like, you know, he's not friends with these kids, and then he's suddenly friends with these kids. But what the blob does that this almost does but doesn't quite is that it gives us a touchstone in the what the the what the adults think about the kids and then specifically for our main characters what the parents think and this gives us an a a, well we never meet any parents for one thing that's a problem, right? Like I think if we had been introduced to Lynn's parents in some form, it would it would help us along, right? It would help define him a little bit more and give us a give us some sort of like reflection as to why he is the way he is. We get it, but only through dialogue of what the main bully's parents are like, right? So like if we had gotten to meet the mom of the main bully and seen what the the teacher describes that's that would be much much more helpful for us to understand it and get like you can very easily have all of the parents of the kids have to show up and just in a quick glance we can get a lot from just seeing them just to find them visually and also just giving the other two bullies just some even a little more defining characteristics at all yeah so like not having that and there's a there's a couple opportunities for it um, but we just don't get it. So, yeah, I think you're right. It, it really hinders us from getting on board. Yeah. 
Great. So you want to hear my uh, uh, excuse me, my one other thing, my main thing. I think why this prevents from being a higher thing. I was listening to our friends over on their podcast, uh, Beyond the Screenplay, the subsidiary podcast mm-hmm. of Lessons from the Screenplay, and uh, Brian over there reminded me of a quote by Howard Hawks, who produced you know the thing from Another World, which we've covered, where. Howard Hawks has a quote that's something like, uh, a, to have a good movie, you have to have three great scenes and no bad scenes. Hmm. <laughs> and I just thought, you know what? That's, that, that's the case. That's, you know, there was some truth to that that's fun. You know, it's a little too cut and dry, you know, but it's, there's, there's something to it at the same time. I think it's a good, fun, interesting quote. Interesting. Where this movie for me, it had no bad scenes, but it only had one great scene, which was the bus scene that I was freaking right. out about. Um, right. The the abusing the elderly montage came close, and the uh, ending kind of came close. Those oh, were man. the kind of like good scenes yeah. or kind but, of like other memorable scenes. Don't but you nothing... feel like the ending really, really like missed an opportunity? I thought so much more was going to go down. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't. Yeah, exactly. Like, it could have been elevated somehow yeah. that bit more to make it a great scene of that unique situation. Right. The promise of the premise, the potent po- possibilities of an entire student body. You know, let's see if seen, you know, all the possible things students and teachers could have been doing at that time, and they go up in flames. Which I get right. goes against the vision, though, of... um playing it all in the long take just from behind. Sure, sure. But at the same time, and maybe budgetary constraints. But anyway, it's just an idea. It's just an example yeah, yeah. of, I don't know what could have been done, but something about even those good scenes that I mentioned liking a lot, something was still holding them back from being great yeah. scenes. Well, um, even and, the, but, the but, whole final seek, not final, but the 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 trap sequence, It it doesn't quite go where I think it could have. It... it we could have gotten more complicated with it and had it been more deeply affecting than it yeah. was. Yeah. Which that yeah. – I mean to me that's – that was my biggest bum out mo- uh, like moment. I was like all like hyped up for – to see how the plan is going to go bad. And then right. – because that's the most exciting part of any movie, right? Like you set the plan up. You you make it seem like it's airtight, and then you have it fall apart, and then you you force your characters to try to salvage something, and that's when you get that's when you get to see your characters really really arrive because they have to in their worst moment figure something out, and like you know it's the uh, come to Jesus moment for the main characters, and we just don't get it. In this one, the kid just goes, I guess I'm just awful anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and we're Which, like, oh. you know, you can still make that work, though, if the scenes themselves sort of reach their full extent of possibilities. But, like, if you're going to – if you're going to make him become the new worst person, you got to do more than just have him open the window. Yeah. Like, have him really spiral. Have him turn – like, they put gasoline – in the sprinkler system, and that never comes back around and pays off. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, do something, or at least have, like, that's a, that's a looming threat. You could have 
that go bad in so many ways. You know, the kid who's supposed to open the actual, you know, valve, that valve could get stuck or the pressure could get, like uh, burst the pipe in the wrong place or like there's all sorts of things that could happen that could be it, fun and like, oh, shit. And they just never do with that one. He just locks himself in there, lets the dude get killed, and then opens the window and he knows he might get killed. It's just well, like, then, okay. There you go. Bummer. That's uh, what disappoints us and holds back movies for us time and time again. It's the thing, and it's how I like to put it. The film did not pursue its potent possibilities. <laughs> That's right. What do you think of the... Uh, the weird CGI fingerless hands at the end. I didn't she, really notice she, or care. God, it just was, it stuck out so much to me that you spent most of this movie without any real CGI. And then you have this moment, this touching moment where the older sister has clawed so hard to what remove do you mean the, the chain. The movie's filled with CGI every time yeah, they're getting not burned. Like, yeah, but, yeah, but the, the, that, that I'm willing to give a pass on the flame stuff, but like beyond that, it's not really there much. This was overt. It's in a close up on her face, and you're showing these stubby hands that are just so poorly comped in with like the wrong lighting. I was like, dude, just go get two fucking prosthetic fake hands, cut the <laughs> fingers off, and hold them in frame. Let them just be there. Like, why bother with this comp? It made no sense to me. And I was just like, Come, this whole sequence bummed me out. I was like, it could have been so great. It could have been the bus scene times 10. And it wasn't. And I was like, Egh. I think it could have been the bus scene times 10 with a lot more than just repeating having a non-CG hand. <laughs> true. But. It's true. But the, the non-CG hand, you know, at least, I don't know. The CG hand made me just kind of go, ugh, I'm out, fine. Like, if I was already bummed out. Now I'm really just like, ugh, it's a stream. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, maybe, and, you know, to bring it back to that Howard Hawks quote, yeah, probably would have had to be a rented to, uh, if it had more than one great scene. Totally. But it's what why it can be tricky to figure out is because there are no bad scenes. Yeah, that's right. That's right. There really aren't. That's interesting. There's a lot of good, and a lot of times when something the that difference just to tie it all all together, the difference between a good scene and a great scene, or a not bad scene and a great scene, is whether or not those possibilities are pursued. Yeah, yeah. I I gotta say, you know, from just a personal uh <laughs> i guess it's a taste point of view is it a taste sure i, I really like it was i i didn't want to watch the movie once i was like oh they're just gonna tie her up and torture her i i it was hard for me to stay focused and connected to it i was like i just yeah. don't want it i don't i don't it's not there's nothing about this that's appealing, even if they know what the lesson is. I, I just was like, I don't want it. Like I'm not ugh. I would have been there, but I thought they did a good job of throughout your cutting back to the mm -hmm. other sister who as soon as, you know, she sees the 
the her you know the the teacher getting set on fire on the news starts right. her like vendetta against people in um uh against you know people uh, students in uniforms so it's like you had this monster on the pursuit thing throughout that was building it. But without that, I would be with you in that. Yeah. I think it's just, you know, like it's a personal sensibility in the moment. I was just like, I don't want to swallow this right now. I could just, I'm going to, but I don't want to. I just, Mm -hmm. Um, the other thing that stuck out to me, I kind of mentioned this at the top. The, the over the top ness of, the character actions, like in particular the bully, like the de- the way they depict these moments, it, it it became at at times hard for me to buy in. I was like, I get it; it's stylized; it's supposed to be over the top. But like when he beats up the other student for kicking out the chair of Lynn. That was yet yeah, so violent. The teachers it was takes forever so to react. Yeah, over the top. I was like, he like it, it pushed beyond my willing suspension of disbelief. It just did. It was too, too too violent and over the top. And like you can make him have an extreme over the top reaction. You can't put a fucking piece of wood in his hand that probably has a screw in it and have him. like repeatedly beat a kid to death i mean that kid would be fucking dead and i just was like it's too it's too much we've we've crossed the line that was the line right there leading up to that a lot of that stuff the sort of like fart jokes and the 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 students you know everybody chanting or throwing papers like i was like yeah it's over the top but i get it they're kind of like they're they're heightening the stylized sort of i aspect of that reality but man, once he started beating that kid up, I was like, "We've crossed over," and it and it t- it took me out. I was like, that conversation afterwards, like, you know, the teacher being mad at him. I was like, he should be in jail. What are we doing here? Like, that, we this isn't a reprimand like moment. This is a you just committed a f- major crime. <laughs> like you assaulted somebody almost to death. What, I, what are we doing? Slap on the wrist? Come on. I agree entirely. That moment, yeah, weird, too much. Yeah, great. That's it. Is that it? That's it. <laughs> okay, great, 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 great. So then, to wrap up, mon 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 monsters, we'll move on to our last section here for it. Things of note. Things of note. <laughs> this should be interesting. thought it was interesting that the filmmaker uh, Giddens Co. is a author of books. So this was his second oh, cool. film and both film or uh, both of the films were adaptations of his own work. Nice. So I thought that was interesting. The only other thing I had here was from straight from the Wikipedia up front in the description. There's a little bit on it. It goes... 
Co. originally intended for the film to be a mockumentary shot entirely on iPhone. This uh-huh. idea, however, was eventually disregarded as the project evolved into a more personal work inspired in part by the backlash the director was receiving at the time for a widely publicized affair. While discussing his inspiration, Ko has stated, Maybe millions of Taiwanese people hated me, so I wanted to shoot a horror movie to scare everybody, to express my hate. Whoa. <laughs> I'm just kind of like, okay. <laughs> That's- Super intense. Yeah. Jesus. I don't even know what to think of that. I know, St. Pierre, but interesting for sure. Noteworthy for sure. Yeah. Huh. All right. <laughs> Great. I mean, it's always good when you're going into making something to have a um, a motivating factor. <laughs> even if it's just a nihilistic feeling. There's That's something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. I think we should shout out the cinematographer who was Patrick Chu or Chow. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Um, and note that it it did it did really well. It more than doubled its budget in you know. Oh, I'm sorry, the other way around. It didn't do very well. <laughs> it it only made less than half of its budget back, um, which is a bummer. It's, but there's know, still time, guys. There's still time. Most so many movies, it's not about that initial um, yeah. making money back. It's got the the long life on digital shelves everywhere. Yep. And this one um, is available to Shutter subscribers, and I think on Amazon Prime too. Probably. Or no, maybe that was just uh, showing up because Shutter is part of that. Anyway, mm-hmm. find it on Shutter, and hopefully, it'll, or whatever, um, probably do okay interesting- for itself. An interesting little subnote in the um, Wikipedia. There's a there's a section for cameo appearances, which <laughs> I don't know. I think that's an interesting, weird thing. Like you don't see very often, but maybe maybe it's a thing, um, non Western filmmaking thing. Um, no, I imagine more. It's just like they were actors from his other movies or people oh, you, you so? know okay. who are behind the scenes. Just just. Because all of them inserts. but one are just students on the bus. See, they threw a bunch of people, I guess, that are some for some reason cameo uh, worthy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my assumption. I just think that's cool and interesting and weird. I don't, I don't really know. I've never seen that before. Cameo yeah. appearance. Cool. <laughs> Great. All right. Is that yeah, it dude. for Mon 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 Monsters then? I think it is. All right. We like to wind down here before we pull next week's film with our yeah. recommendations for the week. I was reminded recently of a film that I had completely forgotten that I had watched. It was like, I think I, you know, and it was so good. It's like weird that it didn't stay in my brain. Um, and then I, I saw, you know, I saw a list of like some of the good thing. I, you know, I was like, what's good on Netflix right now or what's good on Hulu or whatever. And this was on there. I was like, wait, what is that movie? I think I've seen it. And I looked it up and I was like, oh, shit, I had totally forgotten about this movie. And it was and it was really good. It's it's actually amazing. Uh, it's called Super Dark Times. It is on Netflix. I'm almost certain it's Netflix. It is so messed up and so good and so moody and i think the reason i didn't remember it is because there's not 
there's not necessarily a like overt story. It's kind of just this like weird snapshot of of adolescent is it adolescence or teenagers adolescence? Yes. Of these teenagers existing and like some really dark things happen around them. That's probably why it's called super dark times. But man, it is it's a it's a mood piece. You got to watch it. It's so freaky and just upsetting <laughs> in a good way, I guess. Around what? When are we talking about? Did it come out? Uh, 17. It's only a couple of years old, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. That, that always helps me picture something. It's got some really good young actors in it that I've seen in other things, too. So, yeah, no, it's good. Watch it. Cool. I haven't heard of it. Uh, let's say the name one more time. Super Dark Times. Funny. Cool. Well, I traveled back further for my recommendation. I watched for the first time, Tim, from 1980, Flash Gordon. It was... <laughs> yes. Oh! <laughs> yes, it was everything I was hoping for <laughs> and more. It was... I loved it so much. It was. It was like... I had watched Barbarella earlier in Ugh, pandemic love times and loved it. And it was they just really, on that exact Beastmaster like, was something you recommended uh, before. Is scratching whatever it's <laughs> that all is. Like and it was just just with the blasting queen theme song and like all the actors were so good and so much fun and the production design. It didn't m- matter like it was part of the charm how hokey some of the costumes were. <laughs> yeah. Like I, and I just uh, it was so much fun. And then it was just really well done with some touches of the writing and how like uh, the finale played out and just great pacing. I could go on. I loved it so much. Uh, yeah, it man. is one of the greats. What and a movie. Get, get it. It just had a, a 4K re-release and it oh, was just nice. so incredible to watch it that way where it was like you had some model shots of the spaceships were <laughs> yes. it, it, like going through the, the, the colored clouds and it's just <laughs> looked so cool. I, bet, and, oh, God, I love the look overall where you had these like weird colored skylines and just uh, everything's so trippy. I loved it so much. I'm, um, you know, one of my favorites, so I'm with you. <laughs> cool. <laughs> well, I've, I've caught up. There you go. That's <laughs> cool, my dude. recommendation. All right. I believe it's your turn to pull from the hat. Okay, well, I've got it right here. So here we go. Here we go. This one, which is, come on now, Santa Sangre, 1989. It's, oh, it's Yodorowsky. Yodorowsky? Is that how you say his name? Yeah, Alejandro. Cool. Santa Sangre. I'm very excited. I've never to seen see. any of his movies. So, <laughs> well, then. I just I haven't know seen about this it. one. Uh, well, you should in life. So yeah, this will. I, I hope this was a good introduction. I haven't seen this one. El Topo is the main one that I know. Yeah. Um, but yes, this is classified as you know the rest of his mer- movies, avant garde, surreal. But indeed, oh, is boy. one of his films <laughs> that all that has the horror genre cool. in its description. So this should we're be doing it. <laughs> I'm very excited too. <laughs> we gotta figure cool. out where, where to find it. We'll find it wherever we do. Hell and yeah, brother. <laughs> until then, 
You can find us wherever you found us. You know, we got Instagram, we got Twitter, all that jazz. It's true. We are our big ask as you tell a friend if you enjoyed being here and you think they might enjoy being here as well. Also true. Great. Well, then, in closing, thanks so much for listening. <laughs> and we will see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>